0: Peterson's a part of from uh, International Child Care Ministries. Am I saying that right? Okay, thank you. And we decided, actually our leadership a couple of weeks ago said, hey, we're getting a lot of money in the Peterson jar. Can we sponsor another person? So we are. I want you to meet Daphne, okay? This is Daphne. She also is from Haiti. Can you say hi, Daphne? She, She won't say it back. We know that this morning. Hey, buddy put some right in there. That's awesome. That's helping Daphne and Peterson. Daphne is named Daphne Exontis. She's from Haiti. She was born July 26, 2004. Apparently, older kids are a little harder to get sponsors, so we are more than happy to sponsor her. Um, here's the selfish reasons why I, I chose Daphne. Okay, there's a whole list of 40 other kids that we could have picked from. Um, we just had a, a baby born into our church whose name is Daphne. I got a terrible memory, so this is helping me. What's Daphne's dad's name? David. Daphne's dad, who happens to be a pastor, is named David. Okay, so that just helps me remember Daphne. David. Uh, Daphne has one brother, two sisters, and we get to start helping her and her family as well. Sound cool? Let me pray, and then you guys can go with who's leading the day. Oh, we got more. Sweet, come on up. Thank you so much. We're going to pray, and then we will dismiss kids with Miss Colleen, right? Perfect. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, thank you so much for Daphne. I thank you that she gets to join our family. I thank you for Peterson. And I pray, Lord, that through the gifts that we give them, uh, they would grow in the knowledge and grace of you, and that they would have their needs taken care of. Thank you for opportunities we have to be able to care for those uh, in our body, outside our walls. I pray all this in Jesus' name, amen. Thanks, kids. Okay, so we're still not starting a message yet, so don't hit record. We're going to go now into our concert of Psalms. For those who don't know, if this is your first Sunday, oh, wow, we can, I love this part. People waving money at us. Ezra, would you walk around? Very good. Okay, we're going to go in our concert of Psalms. In the month of June, we have been reading as a church the book of Psalms, five chapters a day. Uh, Hopefully, you've been catching some of those. Um, And each Sunday, we've been having a concert of Psalms, meaning you came that Sunday with a verse or two that stood out to you during the week. And we ask you all to do it, we just share that verse. It becomes a concert, it becomes a song. Uh, our, I've said this before, in June, it's kind of like when that favorite line in, your, in a song on a radio comes on and it sticks into your head. Our hope has been that a favorite verse from Psalms would come and stick in your head. Kind of like, your love, O Lord, reaches to the heavens. That has been kind of floating through my mind the last couple of days, actually, uh, and as I was on a plane yesterday, seeing the heavens, um, fantastic. So we're only doing one concert of Psalms today because we're going to have an encore during the, uh, during the message. So if you're thinking, I'm going to save my favorite verse till the second time, don't. Okay. So we're only going to do one concert of psalms, and then I'll preach. Fair enough? So if you have a psalm, a verse or two that you'd like to share, uh, please stand, and I'll know when to start preaching when there's nobody else standing. And in fact, I am going to share um, Dakota Merrill's. Psalm. He's not here today. He's in uh, Minnesota, I believe, with his family. But he texted me two days ago and said, Pastor, here's what stood out, and can you share it on Sunday morning? I think that's cool. This kid's going into his senior year. He's buying into what we're doing. Okay. So I'll start with Dakota's psalm, and then everybody else make this a concert of praise to the Lord. Dakota's psalm is Psalm 116, 1 and 2. He says, I love the Lord because he hears my voice and my prayer for mercy. Because he bends down to listen, I will pray as long as I have breath. Psalm 98, verse 2. The Lord has made his salvation known and revealed his righteousness to the nations. Psalm 103, 11-14. For as high as the heavens are above, far as the east is from the west so far as he removed our transgressions from us as a father has compassion on his children so the lord has compassion on those who fear him for he knows what we are made of remembering that we are done amen psalm 108 verses 12 and 13 give us help from trouble for the help of man is useless through god we 107 verses 8 and 9. Let them give thanks to the Lord for his unfailing love and his wonderful deeds for mankind. For he satisfies the thirsty and Very nice. Very nice. As I told you there's going to be an encore during the sermon. Here's what lack of sleep does to me. I forgot to hand out the verses for the encore. So get ready, okay? Pastor Miller, later on, would you read Psalm 36:5? Okay? 36, 5. John, Psalm 57:3. Oh my God! I can't take Scott. Scott, Psalm 61.7. seven. Esri, Psalm eighty-five ten. Miss Susie, are you willing to read a little later? Psalm eighty-nine fourteen. Barb, I love it when you visit. Can you read Psalm 115.1? Yeah. Okay. Can you read it? In, can you read it in the Hebrew? Okay. Perfect. And Mike, can you do Psalm 138, verse 2? Okay, perfect. You can tell this is going to be a good Sunday already because uh, we're forgetting stuff. Our concert of Psalms to the Lord finishes with Psalm 117. Praise the Lord, all you nations. Praise Him, all you people of the earth. For He loves us with unfailing love. The Lord's faithfulness endures forever. Praise the Lord. That is the word of the Lord this morning. Amen? Amen. Kids, those that have stayed in here and not gone downstairs, I don't have kids' bulletins for you this morning. I apologize. I am sorry. I finished this morning's message on an airplane last night coming back from Denver. So if you want, grab the little scribble sheet that's in front of you, and during the sermon, just write down three things that stood out, okay? and then give that to me afterwards, just like you normally would, your kids' bulletin, and you'll get some candy, okay? Adults. I don't have a bulletin insert for you. I don't have I don't have slides. Uh, I don't have pictures. So if you want, go ahead and grab the little scribble sheet that's in the, the chair in front of you. Draw a picture of what you see in your mind's eye as I preach this morning. Go ahead and hand it to me after the sermon. I'll get you candy from the candy drawer. <laughs> My most genuine prayer this morning is this. May God use what has been prepared for this morning for his glory. Amen? Amen. Close to the turn of the year, January of 2016, our board and pastor's cabinet, they sensed God pushing us to do a little bit more reaching outside our walls. They listened. And they listened by getting their calendars out and actually putting some dates on the calendars for things to do. Now, one of those dates is coming up this Wednesday, day after day after day after tomorrow. This Wednesday, on our back lawn, we're going to set up a screen, we're going to set up a sound system, we're going to set up a projector, and we're going to show the movie inside out. Why? A couple of Tuesdays ago, not this past one, but two before then, prepping for this Wednesday, our leadership, because they were voluntold, and Ryan Crome We knocked on between 200 and 300 doors in the immediate neighborhood. We had a little flyer that we were handing out advertising the summer Wednesday movies, our upcoming VBS, Garland Church's Summer Sports Camp, which took place last week, and City Church's VBS, which took place last week. A lot of doors to knock on. We saw a lot of eyeballs that we have never seen before. We we had some doors closed on us. We had some questioning glances. We had some people excited to hear that there were churches that were working together in the neighborhood. In fact, Stacia and I, we got to knock on a lot of doors together, and after knocking on one uh, door with an uh, a older lady in the community, it was, it was a fine, short conversation. She told us, don't knock on the next door. That's a drug house. She said, there's druggies there. So we knocked on the next house. It took a while for someone to come answer the door, and and when that person finally did, we realized, this guy's big. And he may or may not have been covered in tattoos. I don't remember. No, no. You could tell that uh, he had reason to take a while to get to the door. That was our best conversation the entire night. He told us about the four different times he had visited Disneyland. We laughed. He kept talking and by the time it was the time for us to go he said hey you know you never know i may stop by church some sunday morning we hadn't even talked about church because we were talking about vbs and movies and kids camp 200 to 300 doors that were knocked on why monday and tuesday of this past week i was the head soccer coach at the garland sports camp they had 77 kids show up 50 plus of them showed up for soccer yeah, hmm. Kindergarten through sixth grade. Why would anybody in their right mind volunteer to head coach that many kids? <laughs> Yesterday, 1,100 miles from here, Elena, my wife, and I, and many others knocked on doors in inner city Denver in a neighborhood that has the fastest growing gang population in the city and county of Denver. Why? Why? Why put dates on a calendar? Why get chairs and a movie screen out back? Why knock on doors? Why kids camp? Is it to add numbers to our denominational reports? Which, by the way, it looks like we're doing really, really good, right? 25.6% growth. You may not see this today because it's Hoop Fest. Okay? Is that why? Is it so we can become bigger than the church down the road? Is it so we can get more backsides in our seats? So we can get more dollars in our offering plate. So the counters stay in the bag longer after we take offering. Is it so we can get donors who can finally pay off our road construction project? Is that why we knock, we show films, and we coach kids? I'll tell you why we do that. We do that to add voices to the choir. We do that to add voices to the choir. We want more voices, more hearts, more souls being lifted to God in praise. It is as simple as that. Amen? Amen. The Holman Bible Commentary says this, There must be more voices added to the hallelujah choir of those who worship God. Worship is the ultimate goal of global outreach. John Piper, a very conservative guy, says missions is not the ultimate goal of the church. Worship is. Worship. More voices in the Hallelujah choir. Praise and adoration of the triune God. That is why we knock on doors. That is why we set up blankets. That is why we attempt to coach 50 plus kindergartners. This morning, we're going to wrap up our, our, our June series in the Psalms. We're going to wrap up our concert of praise. We're going to bring an encore that some of you just learned you're going to sing. And we wrap up with Psalm 117. Praise the Lord, all nations. Extol him, all peoples. For great is his steadfast love towards us, and the faithfulness of the Lord endures forever. Praise the Lord. Now, some of you guys are thinking, praise the Lord. He's not preaching on Psalm 119, which is the longest Psalm and longest chapter in the Bible. Praise the Lord. He's preaching on Psalm 117, which is the shortest chapter and the shortest psalm in the entire Bible. Even though it's the shortest, it has one of the biggest messages. One of the most profound messages in all of Scripture. Praise the Lord, all nations. Extol Him, all peoples. For great is his steadfast love towards us, and the faithfulness of the Lord endures forever. Praise the Lord. Did you hear it? The psalmist is bringing together the Hallelujah Choir. The Hallelujah Choir. This psalm, many believe, is a community hymn of praise that scholars thought was kind of a call to worship in many instances. And others think it was more of that that doxology, that, that benediction at the end of worship services. We know that it's the fifth psalm in the Egyptian Hallel psalms that are read over the Passover meal. On the eighth day, Psalm 113 and 114 are read before the meal, and 115 to 118 are read at its conclusion while drinking the fourth cup of celebratory wine. I wonder if part of the hallelujah was because they had four cups in them. Maybe. Maybe it's because they have a bigger picture of God a grander picture of God than a lot of people today do. Maybe it's because they realize that all life needs to be lived with a focus on the hallelujah choir. Praise the Lord, all nations. Glorify him, all peoples, for his enduring love, his chesed. We have looked at this word almost every Sunday in June. His chesed has become strong over us, and the faithfulness of the Lord is for all times. Praise the Lord. This is the seventh psalm in a group of psalms in book five known as the Hallelujah Psalms. Why is that? We don't see the words Hallelujah in here, do we? At least not in our English language. But if you could read in the Hebrew, you would see something very close. Very close. The word praise in Hebrew is Hallel or "Halu." It means to be clear uh, of sound. It means to shine. It means to make a show, to boast, to, to be clamorously foolish, to rave and to celebrate. How many soccer fans do we have in here? Anybody? Okay. Did you watch Copa America last night? Not last night. Not the third, fourth place game, but the championship's on tonight, right? You watched the U.S. match. Okay. Well, then if you were for the other team, when the other team scored the goal, what happened? People went nuts. Right? Soccer fans know how to praise. They know how to clamorously be foolish to rave and to celebrate. 50 kindergartners through 6th graders know how to praise. Soccer players. The psalmist is calling us to halal, to halloo God in the same way, to praise the Lord with all of you. Here's where we get to the hallelujah part. Halal is praise in Hebrew. The word for Lord in Hebrew is Yahweh, at least how the, uh, most of us Westerners will translate it. Others, many Jewish scholars, will translate it Yovah. Sounds like Jehovah. Yovah. Okay? So say these, listen to these together. Hallel, Yovah. Hallelujah. Do you hear it? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. This is a hallelujah psalm. Now the second half of verse 1 actually gives us another word for praise. It's extol. And it's a different word in the Hebrew. It's shabak. And it means a loud tone. It means to commend, to glory, to praise, to triumph. It takes a very similar picture as uh, as hallel. So are you getting this picture? The psalmist in the shortest psalm in the entire Bible is saying, hey, this affects Everything. Not just on a Sunday morning between 9.30 and 11. But every part of you, every part of the day, you should be living in praise. So the question is who? Who should be doing this praising? We know it's praising of God, of Yahweh. But who? Verse 1. Praise the Lord all nations, extol him, all peoples. So who's supposed to praise the Lord? little interaction here. All nations and all people. Same thing, right? Yes and no, a, a little bit. Nations, in Hebrew, is the word govim, govim. This is summoning every living individual to boast in the living God. It's, uh, for those that don't know Latin, soli de gloria, for the glory of God alone, from everyone all the time. We got to see a little bit of this at the Leadership Summit in Denver. In our conference, in this spread from Canada all the way down to Mexico, we've got churches and people from Nigeria, from the Congo, from Vietnam, from Mexico, from Texas, Colorado, Idaho, Spokane Valley, Mead, and even some representatives from the Garland neighborhood. From all nations. In this verse, this is an exhortation to the Gentiles to praise the Lord. The Gentiles, a call in the Old Testament for people who were not Jews to come and worship Yahweh. That's huge. The Apostle Paul in Romans 15, verse 9 and 11, quoted Psalm 117 as testimony, as evidence that the salvation of the Gentiles was not some divine afterthought of God. It was part of his strategic plan and his eternal purpose. Paul was saying that. Now, God had tried to communicate this message through his man Moses earlier on. Deuteronomy 32, verse 43, Moses declared, Rejoice, O nations, that's govim, rejoice, O nations, with God's people. Praise with them. King David in the 18th Psalm says, I will praise you, O Lord, among the nations, and I will sing to your name. Who should praise the Lord? the nations. That is everybody. Say it with me. Everybody. Does that include people in Spokane? Yes. Does that include people in Sarajevo? Yes. Does that include, does that include people in Cheney? Yes. That's about my extent of my world knowledge. Everyone. Aren't you looking forward to the day when every nation Every tongue will gather together and praise the Lord. That's Revelation 7-9. Are you looking forward to that? I am. Okay? But until then, God also calls all peoples. All peoples. And this is a different word. Praise the Lord, all nations. Extol them, all peoples. All peoples in Hebrew is a smaller group. It's a specific people group. A tribe of people. As I read this this past week, and as I read it yesterday in the Denver airport, I looked around. Denver airport's a major hub, and there were people from all over the world that were getting off planes. I see this psalm as the psalmist giving permission for peoples to praise God in a way that they're comfortable and in a people group that they're normally with. Abby and I watched in the airport from uh, the upper deck. We were eating some Panda Express. It was good. It was good. At least when we ate it. We looked down and there was a group of people from another country that were gathering. Uh, They just kept gathering. They were getting off planes, and the group got larger, and there were pictures being taken. And I'm not sure what country they were from, but they had this beautiful white garb on. And, and some of them had, had gold things on. And, and every one of them, to, at some point, there was like a, a cross on it. And we couldn't, we couldn't hear them, but if we could, we couldn't have understood them. They had some drums, and they had signs in a different language, and they just kept gathering and gotten bigger and bigger. And Abby and I kept wondering, well, what is that? Well, we had to go through security so we got, uh, we got checked in, and right as we were about to drop down the escalator to get on the little tram to go to, our, to, go to our, um, our gate, we hear drums start, and we hear laughing, and we hear singing, and it's just on the other side of the wall that we can't see, but it's this group of people, and I can only imagine that this is a tribe, this is a peoples that's being talked about in the psalm that is praising God in the way that they know best. I could have gone and tried to join them, but we all know I would have looked foolish trying to dance. We know that. And that's not the way I normally praise. I wish it was. Man, I wish I had dance moves. But I don't. God's calling peoples to worship and praise in ways that peoples are comfortable worshiping and praising. That means that the Cheyenne Indians on the reservation that grew up on will worship and praise differently than the Sioux Indians will worship and praise, differently than the Egyptians will worship and praise, differently than the Russian-speaking Slavic people will worship and praise. I love the fact that in this house, in this building, there are two groups of peoples that worship God. We are a peoples. Called the Free Methodist. That's a clan. That's a group. Okay? We worship together. The Slavic Seventh day Adventist Church that meets here on Fridays and Saturdays, they are a people's. They worship together. This house is living Psalm 117. And that is a good thing. Amen? I love that. The psalmist is giving us freedom. I don't have to feel bad that I can't dance when I praise because God says you're a peoples in a free Methodist group. Don't feel bad that you're not from wherever this other group was from. Enjoy watching them praise, because God enjoyed it. Praise the Lord, all nations. Extol Him, all peoples. Praise. That's our call. That's our duty. That's our job. It's why we knock on doors. It's why we set up Uh, blankets it's it's why we coach kindergartners we praise Yahweh is God worthy of praise yes why it's in here shortest shortest, shortest chapter of the Bible one of the biggest messages verse 2 here's why God is worthy of praise verse 2 for great is his steadfast love towards us and the faithfulness of the Lord endures forever why praise the Lord The psalmist tells us, first reason, because of his steadfast love towards us. It's great. It's steadfast. It's chesed, and we can't even begin to wrap our minds around it. Sometimes when I tuck my kids in at night, my sons, I say, hey, boys, you know I love you, right? Yes, dad. Why do I love you? Because we're your sons. Is anything ever going to change that? No, dad. Ever? Never. Never. That's a human attempt at enduring love. That's just a hint of God's love for us. That's a reflection, a glimmer of God's great love. Great. I love this word in the Hebrew. It means vast. It means huge. It means ginormous in the Hebrew. Picture this, okay? Great to us is like thinking a little communion cup full of water, and to God, his love is bringing every ocean together combined. That's great. To us, great may be the cracks in our our parking lot, but to God, it's the Grand Canyon. To us, great might be a candle in a dark room that illuminates so we can see, whereas to God, great is bringing every single sun and every single galaxy that his breath has created together and saying, look, this is great. And that's what describes God's love for us. That's why we praise him. That's the first part. And the second part is because of God's faithfulness to us. Great is His steadfast love towards us, and the faithfulness of the Lord endures forever. Faithfulness to what? Faithfulness to His covenant, to Abraham. He told Abraham, I'm going to bless you, I'm going to make you great, so that the other nations in the world will be blessed through you. Did it happen? Yes. Is it continuing to happen? Yes. That's God's faithfulness. God's faithfulness to His promises. To never leave us nor forsake us. It's scripture. God's faithfulness to pursue us. When did he pursue us? When we were faithful to him? No. When we were yet sinners. Christ pursued us in his faithfulness. His faithfulness endures forever. At least until the end of 2027, right? No. Until the end of 3016? No, it endures forever. That's why we praise God, His great, steadfast love towards us, and a faithfulness that simply does not stop. Do you like that combination? Great love, steadfastness, faithfulness, this is how the psalmists described God. Here's our encore, okay? Those that I gave a verse, go ahead and stand up, just like we did earlier. I just want you to read your verse. When you're done reading your verse, sit down, listen for steadfast love. Listen for faithfulness. This is how God, the, the Psalmist describes God. Righteousness and justice are the foundation of your soul. Love and faithfulness go. There it is. Miss Barb.: oh, okay. Psalm 115:1, 1, I think. We're going to come back to you. Ron? Your love, O oh Lord, reaches to the heavens, your faithfulness to the sky. Very good. May he reign under God's protection forever. May your unfailing love and faithfulness watch over him. There it is again. There it is again. Not to us, O oh Lord. Not to us, but to your name be the glory because of your love and faithfulness. There it is. John? God sends his love, and his, faithfulness. his love and His faithfulness. Mike. I will bow down toward your holy temple and will praise your name for your love and your faithfulness. For your love and your faithfulness. You exalted above all things your name and your word. There it is. You turn around and speak really, really loud. Here is our final song in this encore. Hmm. that's how the psalmists throughout the psalms describe God love and faithfulness watch what's really cool God himself describes himself like this Exodus chapter 34 verse 6 when God revealed himself to Moses says then the Lord passed in front of Moses calling out Yahweh the Lord the God of compassion and mercy I'm slow to anger and filled with unfailing love and faithfulness That's how God describes himself. Cool, huh? Want to know what else is cool? Jesus is described like that. John chapter 1, verse 17. For the law was given through Moses, but God's unfailing love and faithfulness came through Jesus Christ. Let this sink in for a minute. This is the shortest chapter in the Bible. The shortest psalm in the Psalms. But we're seeing the entire gospel demonstrated in these two verses. God in Jesus Christ described as having great love and enduring faithfulness for all nations, for all tribes. Isn't that the gospel summed up? For God so enduringly loved the world, the peoples, the nations, that he sent someone else described as full of enduring love and faithfulness. I think that's cool. The psalmist describes God like this. God describes God like this. Jesus is described like this. So our job should be to convert as many people as possible to this religion, right? No, our job is to praise. Our job is to join the Hallelujah Choir. Not for our glory. Not for our numbers. Not for our budget. We praise and pursue future choir members simply because God is worthy of praise. Amen? Amen. That's it. It's as simple as that. We praise. I told you at the beginning that I was the head soccer coach for close to 50 kids. 77 kids came to that camp. I got an email yesterday from the camp director. He told me that 20 kids gave their life to Christ for the first time. 20 kids joined the choir. 10 of them from unchurched homes. 17 kids recommitted their lives. Their voices are now in that choir a little bit louder. Praise God for that. Did teaching the kid how to kick with the inside of their foot lead them to that? No, God did. We just simply have to praise. Were any of those kids from doors that we knocked on? Are any of those kids of those families going to walk through our doors? I don't care. It doesn't matter. Because what matters is that we're praising God. We're praising what God did, who He is, what He does. Praise the Lord, all you nations. Praise Him, all you peoples. For His love endures. It's unfailing. And His faithfulness forever. I love that at the very end of the psalm, the psalmist just can't help himself. He says it again. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah is what he says. One final boisterous praise. Will you join him in that? It's a simple question. Let's pray. God, we have sung this morning many songs that had the word praise in them, many songs that talked about adoring you, extolling you, We have tried this morning to praise you with the best that we have. God, we want to live lives that are full of praise. We don't want it to be an afterthought. We want it to be who we are. We want people to see us focused on you, praising you. And we need your help because there are a lot of things, Lord, that would distract us from that. There are good things that would distract us from that. Help us have hearts that first and foremost seek to praise you. May we lift our voices with a hallelujah choir from this church, from Garland Church, from City Church, from other churches in this city, in this nation, in this world. God, may we lift our voices in a hallelujah choir with the generations who have lifted them before us. And with the generations that will lift their voices in the future, we praise you this morning, in Jesus' name, Amen. Please stand.